Did Taco Bell have us thinking outside the bun or shitting outside of ours? Find out next on... Hello everyone and welcome to Burn Appetit, Across the Streams Media Podcast about food. I am your titular host, Burn Appetit, and once again I am joined by my two co-hosts. From Three Beers and a Mic and the spin-off show Three Beers and an MCU, name still pending, please welcome Dwayne and Skay. Say hello, fellas. Hello, fellas. Hey there. Hey, hey, hey. So, normally, this is where I give a big to-do about our guests that we have on for the week, and I go over their acolytes and everything they have done, but we're going to do things a little bit differently this week. This is a special week. Um, we're going to dedicate this episode to some topics that I feel deserve to be talked about more openly and honestly. Um, we're going to talk about mental health, addiction, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. (laughs) Um, I can say 100% whatever gene is in DNA for addiction, I got it. I cannot keep liquor in the house because I will just drink it out of sheer bo- sheer boredom. I was like, oh, what's that, whiskey? <laughs> we'll have another glass, and then I'm three glasses deep. and So I just don't like to have it. And I can say the same exact thing about Doritos <laughs> and Cheetos <laughs> and comic books and everything else. Um, so enough about me in this uh, impromptu therapy session that we're going on. <laughs> uh, let's get to our guest. Joining us today from Indiana Senior High School, class of 2005, best dressed award winner. <laughs> Please welcome to the show, Michael Jack. Say hello, Mike. Hello, Mike. And, and you would have heard him on Three Bears and MCU, but somebody fucked up and lost that episode. So, oh, right. that's such a good one. He, one of my best. He pieces. was lost to the ether on our Three Beers, but we had him right back on Burn Appetit. And thank you for that. It's um, an honor, honor to be here, gentlemen. I am honored to have you on the show. Um, I'm honored that you'd come on here and you'd be willing to talk about um, difficult topics that you've been through in your life. Um. I can't thank you enough for doing this. Um, I, I really, really appreciate it. Um, pretty much, you've lived a hero's journey that George Lucas would be jealous of. <laughs> Writing. I don't <laughs> I think he'd be that. jealous of your life compared to his life. <laughs> to <be honest. laughs> the story. Writing the story. Um, and like every story, one has a beginning. So, Jack... Um, why don't you just start where you feel like you would like to start? Oh man, start from the beginning. It has start to be after 2010 because on the show, <laughs> life doesn't start till after Inception. So okay, well, I definitely saw that in the theaters. Um, but if I start off there, it's going to be really weird because I'm living in Reading, <laughs> Pennsylvania, in a recovery house. <laughs> 2010? Yeah, 2010. Um, all right. So, so yeah, I will allow it this one. All right. One. Well, uh, yeah, I. I don't know. I feel like I'm in the wrong Zoom meeting. Um, I'm like, I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a real honor to be here. And, um, you know, Bernie asked me to come on here and just share a little bit about my life, where I've been, uh, where I've ended up. 
Um, and then eat some Taco Bell on top of it. I'm still waiting <laughs> on the check for that, by the way. Uh, the most me. important part is the rise of the Phoenix to the Ashes. <laughs> no, it's the check. The, the check is the important part. The most part is the check for $6 worth of Taco Bell. <laughs> right. No, wait a minute. He uh, got the 12 pack. He got I... the 12 pack of uh, No spoilers, okay. Oh, shit. No spoilers. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Um, yeah, I'm an alcoholic addict. Um, when I say alcoholic, I use that as an umbrella term um, to encompass. I- I'm addicted to anything that makes me feel good. Um, so if I had an in-house Taco Bell, like literally in my liquor cabinet, which I don't have one, but if I did and had a Taco Bell in it, I would abuse that. Um, so it was a real delight, a little, little cheat to go eat some Taco Bell. It's so fucking good. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I grew up... Uh, like a pretty normal life, uh, you know, other than like my parents getting divorced. Um, you know, it wasn't like anything out of the ordinary. Like I had a good upbringing. I was a pretty good kid. Um, and then like, uh, I think I was just born like with the gene and, and some of the tendencies and it started like my whole addiction started with video games. Um, and I know, uh, Skay and Bernie, you guys can, uh, you could, you, in hindsight, you could have seen that coming a mile away because I was <laughs> um, desperately addicted to playing video games. So I loved them. I loved every part of them. I used them as an escape. Um, and I was like, I was a pretty gifted kid, you know, as far as like I had, um, I was I was good at sports. Um, I was good at school. I didn't really have to pick up a book much. Bernie, don't give me that face. <laughs> <laughs> We played football together, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, I got to be on some really talented teams, you know, that carried me, um, and I just kind of participated. Um, and yeah, I I just didn't have to work much in life. And anytime something uncomfortable came my way, as far as feelings or dealing with things, um, I dodged them. Um, I hid in video games because that was my escape to fantasy and to get out of reality. And um, I, in fact, uh, you know, I mentioned my parents' divorce. I remember it was happening when I was nine and my mom, came, mom and dad came to me and said they're getting separated. And I was like, oh, you know, okay. You know, whatever's best for you guys. <laughs> like I was like kind of a, like a mature like kid. Um, <laughs> but like I not emotionally mature. I was just kind of like, oh, okay, it makes sense. Like you guys aren't hitting it off, whatever. And then like, I immediately went back to my room and was playing Yoshi's Island, like on the Super Nintendo and just like, well, not a care in the world. Like, oh, shit will work out. You know, because <laughs> it always did. Um, and then, you know, uh, just to, you know, keep this as short as possible, like, you know, through high school, I would drink on weekends and party. And, you know, we partied pretty hard, you guys know. And um, n- nothing too crazy. You know, Beach Week was a little yeah. crazy, right, Stay? <laughs> yeah. had, a, had a little incident with, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and Scott was in the uh, kitchen, butt-ass naked. In the pitch black. <laughs> It pitch black, just sitting there in the kitchen, smoking a cigarette. Smoking a cigarette. All I could yeah. see was the cherry on the end of the butt, and I turned the lights on, and Scott was just smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, um, but yeah, I didn't really find much solace in alcohol. Like, um, what really attracted me to it was the sense of like community. Um, like, I just felt like everyone was on the same page, and like getting really yeah. drunk really, really wasn't my thing. Like, it happened, but. I don't feel like more than anyone else. And so when I went mm-hmm. off to college and um, could had free reign to run my own life, um, I played a year of football there, ended up quitting because I didn't want to be in the gym for fucking four hours. And I just, you know, 
I don't know. It, it wasn't for me. Well, and don't take this the wrong way, but looking at you, it was probably a good decision. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> You're built like me. <laughs> uh, I am? Like You're not ripped or super You're not a football build to me. Well, he wasn't playing D1. <laughs> we'll, we'll say that. It wasn't D1. It was D3. <laughs> um, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't want to work for it. Like, I never had to work for anything in my life. Everything was pretty much just handed to me. And um, so when it came down to, like, putting the, uh, the rubber to the road is the saying, I guess, um, I didn't really have it in me. Like, um, I was always relying on somebody to drive me to do things, whether it's my parents or my friends that were encouraging me to do stuff or, um, you know, uh, you know, whether it was our football coach that was waking me up in math class, he was our teacher by throwing erasers at me because I couldn't keep my eyes open. Um, you know, someone was always there pounding me to get pushing me to the next level. And more often than not, I'd respond. But um, when it came to with free reign of my own life, like I completely failed. And uh, I quit going to class. Um, I would just sit in my room and play Halo 2 constantly. Halo 2, Gears of War, and Guitar Hero. And I was, I was motivated just in the wrong ways. You know, I, I, I didn't sleep basically for two weeks until I beat Through the Fire and Flames on Expert on Guitar Hero 3. <laughs> you know? Damn. It's like I could have been the insolvable If only Twitch was around then. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, you know, to me that was like an achievement that I could be proud of. You know, it was fucking something that yeah. really meant nothing other than like a party trick. And um, yeah, I I just like I, I didn't know what was wrong with me, but I couldn't. The put big my question on. is, could you, could you still do it today? Oh man, um, <laughs> I I don't think I don't think I did play it. I did play it about six months ago. Uh, my friend got one and uh, a Guitar Hero. Uh, he got it set up and we played. And he's one of those like guys that does the neck taps with both hands. He's really yeah. fucking good, and he just smoked me. Um, I don't think I could do it without failing like in the original game anymore. Um, so the, would you, would you say that there was um, like a gateway into it? You know how the, our parents would scare us into marijuana being the gateway, like gateway drug into no, the world I, of addiction. You know, I think it's different for every person. Like everybody ends up yeah. in AA like their own way. Um, the, the, in my experience and the people that I know, um, like I smoked weed, I drank, and I did it sparingly. Um, and it was never like something that I super latched onto because like I just knew it wasn't gonna be a good life for me if I just did that all the time. And plus, I didn't like it. Like I would do it here and there with people, but I really wouldn't do it alone. And um, yeah, like like drinking gave me horrible hangovers. Um, mm-hmm. So I just I kind of did it as little as possible. But when I did it, I did it and. It, it didn't feel like there's no, no feeling like out of the ordinary when it came to like drugs and alcohol at that point. Um, I stayed away from like any harder substances. Like I used to have house parties all the time and people would bring their friend who was like a known Coke dealer or something like that. And I would, I would get pissed. I'd be like, why is this guy here? Get him out of here. Um, Cause I didn't want that kind of trouble. And like my sister was, she was three years older and she had friends that were like getting into the hard stuff. Um, so she always warned me against it. And so I just kind of stayed away from it. Um, but if like I had to pick a gateway that got me into it, it was for me, it was women. Um, I had a real soft spot for the ladies and, uh, I had a couple, I had a couple of relationships that, um, you know, I saw, um, 
them live that lifestyle. And mm-hmm. I, I was kind of like, I felt left out from not being a part of that. And so um, when push came to shove and I was in another relationship that I, of someone that was known to be into that stuff and I was going to be the hero, the knight in shining armor. I'm going to, don't worry. I got this. Like I already failed out of college at this point. I'm working at a beer distributor, just making minimum wage. Uh, I find this new girl and she likes the party. Uh, but I just chill guys. I'm going to, I'm going to save her. I'm going to bring her out of this, you know, this funk that she's in. And, uh, boy, was I wrong. Um, she was into uh, snorting pills back then. Uh, and this was like before the Oxycontin like craze where it was like, I mean, it was just like the beginning of it mm-hmm. and nobody really knew what it actually was. They just knew if you snorted this pill, it's an opiate, like it fucks you up. I, I didn't really want to be a part of it, but um, she kept kind of bugging me about it and all of her friends were doing it. And like, I expected people who did like harder drugs to be living under bridges and like struggling to pay the bills. And like, they seem like they're living perfectly fine, normal college person lives and going to class, you know, getting their degrees, doing whatever. And so eventually one night, you know, opportunity met weakness. And, uh, you know, I took a snort of it. I didn't really like it, but I kept doing it because everyone around me was. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm, I'm just one of those people that is kind of like an emotional sponge. Like I really absorb the energy of the people I surround myself with. Um, and to be honest, like, that's why I, I, I really like, uh, admire you guys. And I, I, I this is going to sound so corny and cheesy, but like, I've always looked up to like Skay and Bernie, uh, in high school. And cause you guys, you know what you guys, I, I know that sounds weird now. <laughs> me but, like, me I, too. I really me did. too. Don't worry. It's okay. <laughs> um, it, it's, it sounds so weird, but like, I, um, like I saw P I, I, I I constantly felt like I was an outsider. Like I, I fit in everywhere, but didn't belong anywhere. You know what I mean? Like I had different groups of friends and I could relate and hang out, but I didn't feel at home anywhere. And, um, you know, like when I look at guys, you know, that were like just honest with themselves and like, weren't trying to be somebody that they weren't. And like, that was me. Like I was constantly putting on a different mask, trying to be somebody. Um, and like, it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean that. At least that's the way it seemed back then. And you know, um, yeah, I don't know. And, and so, is, can I so, can I ask like, yeah, sure. Is that, is that you looking back on it now, seeing that, or at the time you felt that? Uh, at the time, felt that. Um, yeah. yeah, I. Um, there was a lot of people that I that I looked to, um, for like, I just I kind of wish like that I I had what they had, but I didn't know what it was. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, you know, Scott had really long hair back in the day. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know if it was the hair I wanted or if it was just the way he carried himself. Like, there was a lot of people that I just I wanted a little bit of what they had, but I didn't quite know what it was because I didn't know who I was. Like, I was constantly just trying to be accepted, and which is which is like silly because like I'm pretty sure like I was accepted, but. Um, I just didn't know who to be and I changed who I was depending on who I was with. And like, I think at, at heart, I was like this really big nerd. Like I used to be really into sailor moon and stuff like in elementary school and like all this nerdy stuff. Like Japan sent me the primer to Pokemon before it came out in the U S on VHS. And I got that shit. And I was like, this show's amazing. And it taught you all about Pokemon. And I got into it really hard. And this was before the big U S Pokemon craze. And, um, I got like chastised by by my some of my friends. They're like, "Oh, you're such a fucking nerd," and this that. And so I just like I, I 
felt like I had to just kind of push it aside, like as much as I really loved it. Um, and like, I was constantly at the whim of what everyone else thought of me. And uh, a lot of people could relate to that. Yeah, I think so too. And it's not something unique to me. I definitely know that. Um, like but, Spider-Man. Know, <laughs> 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 well, he shot webs. See, look, Dwayne has Spider-Man. I Spider shot Man. semen, you know, whatever. <laughs> Same thing. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. I don't want to hijack this shit. No, no, you're fine. Um, what would your advice to be to someone who is heading down that path? Like in that moment, can you realize you're heading down the path that you don't really want to be on, but you just can't help it or. Um, so at that point, like when I first got into it, I, I thought it was this horrible thing. And I, you know, I grew up in the Nancy Reagan era of like, say no to drugs. You know, it was that kind of shit. Dare. Yeah, exactly. Um, just mm -hmm. don't do it. That kind of stuff. And when I tried it, nothing really changed. You know, like I, f it felt good for a while and I, I did kind of throw up a little bit and, you know, it was kind of like, eh, whatever, that was an experience. But then I started doing it more and more and I kind of got used to it. And it didn't like my life didn't immediately spiral out of control. Like it was a very slow decline. Um, mm -hmm. And so like at the time I didn't think I was doing anything wrong. I knew it was something frowned upon. So I, I was kind of right. forced to lie to everyone about it. Um, and I think that's like where it, the trouble starts for anyone mm -hmm. who's struggling with something like that is like, once you feel like you need to lie about it, that's when alarm bells should be going off because that guilt and shame, because you're not being honest about it and you feel like you can't tell people about what you're actually doing, I feel like that was when that vicious cycle starts, where it's like you feel guilty and shameful about what you're doing, so you have no way to cope with those feelings, so then you do more. So you do it more. And then you are doing the one thing that you feel guilty and shameful about it, so mm -hmm. you feel like you need to do more. And so, you know, the physical addiction didn't, didn't start for quite some time. Um, it was kind of just like an emotional addiction in a way where it was like this, I, like I immediately stopped playing video games, doing the things I loved um, that were, you know, I guess, quote unquote, healthier habits, um, st stopped hanging out with friends as much. And, you know, I started to slowly reprioritize everything in my life that meant something to me um, to the point where like, you know, drugs became at the top and then it was water and food. Um, and, you know, that's, mm -hmm came down the line but did, did you not feel like you could reach to anybody um i didn't i, did I didn't change that much is, is what i'm asking like the, like you couldn't say to somebody like i need help no because i didn't at that point i didn't think it was a problem you know i thought this was like i i thought of myself as an uneducated guy like i went on wikipedia and looked up the drug that i was doing it was called opana which is oxymorphone which is like legitimately the hyped up steroid version of like oxycontin and i had no idea that like that's really what it was and um and you know oxycontin's pharmaceutical grade heroin so so i was on like heroin with steroids without even knowing it and so i didn't think i had a problem um i didn't really know until i started to get the physical withdrawals um but you know before then like it, it just it didn't seem like something that was affecting my life all that much because it's so insidious the way addiction and alcoholism works um, that usually it just, it creeps in so slowly and silently that before you not, before you know it, like your life starts falling apart. Um, 
so I, I don't know. Like when it comes to like my advice to anyone going down that road is try talking to somebody about it. Like someone you really trust, you know, like even if it's a therapist um, and just kind of get an external perspective on it because um, alcoholism and addiction is like this, this insidious being that lives inside of you that will justify and rationalize every behavior that you make, no matter how harmful it is to yourself. Um, and like, just to give you an idea of where it took me, I was putting things into a needle that weren't even properly studied in a lab anywhere. They were designer, um, like designer, what were they called? Uh, research chemicals that didn't have an actual name. And people, even chemists online, struggle to actually come up with an actual chemical name for it because these things have never been synthesized before. And I was putting them into a needle and putting them into my body. like, And I was, I just I gave zero fucks. And I didn't want to die, but I also didn't want to feel the way I felt. You know, I, I just wanted to be somewhere else other than inside my own head. Um, wow. So it spirals. It, it, it all, it's a progressive fatal disease. And it took me a long, long, long time to really come to terms and accept that. How, how long did you struggle? Before? So I started in 2009 and pretty much didn't truly get sober other than like a few, like maybe like six months stints, maybe a year. Um, and then they started, they started to get a little bit longer because I started to really open my eyes to what is happening in my life. Um, so 2009 to 2019, roughly. Um, so about wow. 10, about 10 years I was in and out of, I was, so I was in and out of maybe nine rehabs, um, one psych ward, um, a suicide attempts, um, uh, I lived my entire twenties in and out of recovery houses or living in my mom's place. Like I had no life to call my own. Um, I was homeless in South Philly once. Um, I, uh, I know you probably want to talk about the Mexico thing. Um, it's yeah, I have, I have that on my, on my list. okay. So I no won't spoilers. go into that yet. No but... spoilers on that. Um, <laughs> was there a moment where you felt like you hit rock bottom and you're like, like, I need, I need to turn this around. You don't have to like go into specifics if you don't want to, but no, no, no. I, like, I were you no, were you able to recognize that moment where like all right, I need, I can't do this anymore. Um. So at first, uh, the only reason I initially got sober was because my mom found um, needles in my girlfriend's makeup bag, um, and confronted me about it. And I tried to lie my way out of that. I was only doing it on weekends because all my friends were and all kinds of crazy shit until <laughs> they started drug testing me. And uh, I had the bright idea. I'll have my drug dealer pee in a condom for me and I'll take that to the outpatient facility. And I'm sure that'll work oh out. <laughs> and it kept testing positive for heroin. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even do heroin. <laughs> uh, and apparently my drug dealer was supposedly on probation. And, uh, but, you know, handling that stuff all day, it's going to get on your fingers. It's going to get everywhere, uh, and trace amounts and it's going to show up in a urine test that, you know, whatever. Um, but no, I'd say my first time I ever hit rock bottom, like kind of on my own was, um, I was, and like, I hope Walmart doesn't come after me, but fuck, <laughs> you, fuck you Walmart. Um, 
I was working at Walmart and I, I worked in asset protection. So I managed to get a job catching people stealing. And oh, no. <laughs> I myself was coming at fresh out of sobriety and heading back down into relapse. And mm-hmm. I started stealing as well because I learned by watching other people steal that I was catching stealing. I'm the worst mm-hmm. version of a hypocrite. Um, and I, I felt terrible about this job. Um, so I learned everything I needed to know about stealing from Walmart by being like a sleeper agent basically. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I started stealing um, like iPads and iPhones like every other day. And I wouldn't even go sell them because I was too scared to like have my ID tracked back to uh, the serial numbers and stuff. So I would just give them to a dealer. I'd say, here you go. Here's a fresh iPad, $750. And he'd give me like a hundred dollars worth of heroin for it. And I was doing this so often um, and I wasn't getting caught, but the emotional and emotional torture and like the mental torture I put myself through, um, like worrying about getting caught. Like I would see people walked out of Walmart in handcuffs. And then like, I was just constantly so scared that like, that was going to be me that I was going to be the other cops were going to show up. My boss was going to say, Hey, let's go have a, let's go have a little chat. And I was going to be walked out in handcuffs. And, um, I really, really started to get scared. And, um, you know, I, I eventually, like, it got so bad, I got fired from that position, and I got demoted to sales and electronics, and I started stealing more, and I couldn't stop stealing because I needed to fuel this, like, $100 a day habit, and um, I but eventually... Was, I, was the stealing an addiction as well? No, I hated doing it. I hated having to do that like i didn't get a rush out of it i didn't like you know you hear some people talk about yeah. how that's an addiction itself the rush that, and that's why i asked the question like some people are addicted to the rush of no I'm, no I, might I, get hate, caught. I didn't want to do it like I, if i could have made enough money to just fuel my addiction and and just be comfortable there like i would have um but i was working for like nine dollars an hour working eight hours a day so you do the math every day i'm spending more in heroin than i am actually making while working um and it eventually culminated that time culminated in me like trying to take my own life um and i i I mean i was taking everything at that point like i would go raid the pharmacy and just like take all of the uh the cough the -the over-the-counter cough medicine that i could like the the triple c's core seed and cough and cold and i would just eat them like skittles and anything to just because like i just didn't want to live anymore i didn't want to keep doing what i was doing but i was trapped like i had no way out and and you know sadly and i i I really feel for the families and the people who who have gone this route like i felt there was no way out because i felt like this was a part of me and something that i couldn't stop because like um i'm looking at myself wanting to stop staring in the mirror at night and myself crying like saying i tomorrow i'm not going to do this like i'm done i'm sick of it and then the next morning you wake up and you start feeling the withdrawals coming on and 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 there was i was no longer in control um yeah and i would i I would i would just be driven it's like someone else was driving my body um and you know eventually you know i i tried to take my life by overdosing it thank god it didn't work um i um i 
I did the dumbest thing ever. I I made a suicide video and posted it on Facebook. And like, thank God that doesn't exist anymore. I deleted it after I got a phone call from a friend in uh, Narcotics Anonymous that knew that I was like, you know, struggling. When she saw it, and she made me took it down, made me take it down, um, and she kind of talked me into a moment of clarity. And she said, "I want you to go outside your room and tell your roommate what you did." And uh, so I did. And he drove me to the hospital. I told the hospital I just tried to kill myself. They put me in a padded room, and <laughs> and I got to go to the funny farm for a couple weeks, which wow. was scary. That was a huge wake up call because, like, I, th- I I was like, um, I was sane in every aspect of my life except when it came to drugs and alcohol. And to mm-hmm. see true crazy. Um, like the people that have to be on Thorazine. Yeah. Um, the, the, one of my roommates was a chronic masturbator. Um, so it was literally 24 seven of him just jerking it. <laughs> Once you see stuff like that, you're like, I don't fucking belong here. You know yeah. what I mean? And people with really bad uh, bipolar disorders and stuff like that. Um, it, and it scared me straight for a while. Um, but I'm sure. the nature of addiction, it, drew me back in it's going to be different this time i would say to myself i'm only going to do it on weekends i'm going to set a daily limit you know but every line in the sand i draw i step over eventually so i have two questions first let's talk about the mexico story because this story (laughs) is fucking insane um so go ahead and talk about that and then um i want you to talk about the person the person at home who may be listening to this, who knows they need to go to rehab or get help. And how do you get over that fear of, of doing it, knowing that the withdrawal symptoms will be there and, and all that stuff. But first, sure. The Mexico story. So, um, I'll summarize it at first and then we'll, we can go into some uh, more detail. I'm still burping up Taco Bell. God damn. So good. <laughs> um, so uh, in, a, in, a, in a small paragraph, I ended up in Mexico taking an experimental drug treatment called Ibogaine, which is a spiritual Afri- African spiritual root that they use in their uh, rituals to uh, transition boys mm-hmm. a- into men. Um, it's basically a rite of passage, um, and it's an extremely uh, potent psychedelic. Um, and <laughs> while I was down there, I ended up performing uh, stand-up in an open mic uh, bar in a Mexican bar. <laughs> <laughs> were you uh, good you were, you were doing that to as like a therapy for the drug addiction right you just no like, i just did that on a whim because i was bored oh you just the drugs i thought you were doing that at like an experimental therapy oh well yeah that part i thought you meant the no, stand-up, the stand-up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no the, i went no, to, the, yeah i went to mexico to do therapeutic stand-up that didn't, uh, <laughs> that didn't cure you from heroin. The <laughs> no, I'm talking about the the African root part. Oh uh, yeah, so the yeah, it's called it's called the the iboga plant, and um, they take the root of it, they mash it up, and make some kind of concoction. Kind of similar to like you hear about people going down to South America to take ayahuasca to have like this spiritual experience. Yeah. Um. And and you know, for some people, it's life changing. And for people who really feel like that's something they need to do, who don't have drug issues, I. I I would say go for it. You know, I think anything to uh, open yourself up to a new experience, like sure, why not? Just do it safely. Um, but yeah, so I was really struggling. Like, you know, this is after the suicide attempt. I kept, you know, falling back and relapsing. And my my godmother, my aunt, lives out in California. She met this uh, 
the mother of a guy named Rocky. And uh, good old Rocky, he ran a clinic down in Mexico um, for this experimental drug treatment called uh, you know Ibogaine. And um, she got in contact. My she told my mom about it. My mom got in contact with her, and they had me flown down to Mexico in this town. And I don't really remember the name of it, but I think it's Puerto Vallarta. Um, I think it was on the west side um, near the peninsula. Beautiful, beautiful small town Mexico place. Like dirt roads, chickens everywhere, stray dogs. Um, you know, water tank on top of your house. A don't drink the water type place. Um, and actually, the one guy that I went there with, like you know, every time they'd fly somebody down, they'd send two people. And this other guy, he got so sick, he had to be hospitalized and flown back to the U.S. because of uh, you know parasites in the water. So I got kind of dodged a bullet there. But uh, the whole deal was like I flowed down there. I get off the plane. Um, they want me to start withdrawing and like purge some of the shit out of my body. Like you know, I was on antidepressants at the time and they wanted none of that stuff in there. So basically kind of had to go through some mild withdrawals at first. And th they took me to a Mexican doctor who basically like poked me with his fingers and he's like, yeah, he's healthy. You know, <laughs> like legitimately <laughs> like that was his clearance for me to take. Cause people have died taking this. They've suffered heart failure because it's uh it's really, really fucking hard on your body. And I mean, hard. Um, it's, it's kind of an awful experience. Um, but, um, so I get down there and, um, I basically staying in this, you know, semi nice place with the internet, which is kind of a rarity in, in Mexico. And, um, they kind of give you the rundown of how it's going to happen. You're going to take these few pills. Uh, you get to smoke all the free weed you want because they didn't think that was like a dangerous thing, which is kind of, against like you know common you know abstinence techniques of, of right. battling drug addiction um and so they told me i was going to meet the spirit of iboga um and that everyone who takes it ends up doing that and um, who's iboga apparently the spirit of the plant <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's, okay. she's gonna guide you and help you out um and I've, I've heard from like reading online testimonials from people and stuff that basically it's this really bizarre action that isn't poorly understood. Scientists don't know how it works, but it basically, it, it completely arrests withdrawal from opiates. Like it stops it. Like I was feeling super shitty, got the chills, the, you know, shit and that kind of stuff. I uh, feel like garbage and you take it and it immediately stops all of that. And it's kind of sends you, I don't know if you guys ever taken shrooms or LSD, anything like that. Um, but it kind of starts out like that and you, you start tripping and you're laying down on a bed and they're playing African um, tribal music in the background, which uh, got really weird. Um, you know, just not my cup of tea as far as music when I want to go on a nice little trip. And uh, it basically it made me confront a lot of the things I was doing, like in my mind, like it, it was like, I wasn't out of it. I was still conscious. I could open my eyes, but every time I opened my eyes, the room did a 360. So I just kept them shut. Mm -hmm. They had someone sitting next to you the whole time. If you needed to use the bathroom, cause you literally couldn't walk. Um, uh, you, um, that this weird mind trip dream state happens. And it kind of was like, you know, Hey, why are you being a piece of shit? <laughs> and it, it, it showed me like, so that week I found out one of our, our good friends actually that grew up down the street from me. Uh, I don't know if I should mention names, but I think, you know, who I'm talking, uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he died and I found out on the way down there and he showed mm -hmm. up 
and um, it, was, it, it, it wasn't anything that like I can think and say, oh, he told me this great piece of advice, but it was kind of just like showing me the reality of things. And this, this um, could be you kind of thing. Yeah, this could be you. And like, what's the point? Like, why are you doing this? Like, it's not making yeah. anyone happy. It doesn't even make you happy, even though you think it is. Um, mm. And so I was feeling pretty good. Like I came out of it like a day and a half later. It lasted forever. You cannot sleep the whole time. You were wide fucking awake. It was kind of awful. I, I didn't sleep for about a day and a half, two days. Um, I had uh, trails everywhere I looked. There was little black demon floater things flying everywhere everything had trails on it um mm. i was just in this real goofy foggy state for quite a while and you know I, I just would walk down to the beach every day and try and enjoy uh the time i had down there and you know they had you know little music bars and an open mic night down the street and so i just there was this girl there that uh she really wanted to read slam poetry and i don't know if you ever heard anyone do serious slam poetry mm-hmm. um it's have, yeah, have you ever seen Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and those things that read the poetry to torture you? That's mm-hmm. slam poetry. Uh, mm-hmm. No offense to any slam poetry readers out there. No, we don't. We don't welcome. We don't welcome them on this podcast. So it's fine. <laughs> all right, fuck you. Get out of here. Uh, no, it was, and she was really all about it. She was staying there long term, like she really liked Mexico. She got the treatment and everything, and so I went with her, and she went up there and read slam poetry, and it was so bad, and I mean so bad. That it, it caused me to do something that I normally would never do, and that's get up in front of a bunch of strangers and do stand-up comedy for with a bunch of material I've never wrote, I've never talked. Did Did you do it in Spanish or English? No, it was like half English, half Spanish. There, <laughs> um, a lot of the Spanish people that would visit would local the bars apparently spoke English. Um, there was some Americans there, and so I basically went up. And I did like a watered down Mitch, Mitch Hedberg uh, <laughs> skit. And, you know, I did the whole like, you know, my friend asked me if I want a frozen banana. I said no, but like a regular banana later. So, yeah. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> and I gave credit to Mitch Hedberg. I said, these jokes are not mine. They're from a guy who passed away from, ironically, this horrible disease. And, um, I, I, and I, I think I went up there and tried to recite some XKCD comics from memory uh, that I thought were funny. It was probably awful. I don't really remember. I did get some laughs, uh, and I thought it was a great feeling. And I don't know, maybe it's something I'll consider doing one day. It's uh, amazing. It yeah, takes it a lot cool. of courage to go. Well, it takes a lot of courage to seek help for what you did, but it also <laughs> takes courage to go up and do stand-up comedy. <laughs> At, at this point in my life, though, like at this point in like my recovery process, most of the courage was my the people around me that loved me. Um, I was just kind of along for the ride because I was scared shitless. Like I just tried to kill myself. Like I couldn't stop. Uh, every time I was left alone, I would be on the hunt to try to find more. Um, so it was really them. Like I, I'm, I'm truly fucking grateful and blessed that like I had people in my life that cared enough to kick my ass until I could kick my own ass and, and get, yeah. and get into the straight and narrow. Um, so, so what yeah. would your advice be to someone who is at that stage where they want to seek help, but they're afraid to go to rehab, whether it be the withdrawal symptoms or they're afraid once they leave rehab and have to go to a halfway house that they won't be able to stay sober. Well, and I'm guessing part of it is 
you actually have to tell somebody that you love and care about that I have a problem. That yeah. has to be a hard step too. That's, right? I mean, that's legitimately one of the hardest steps is to tell somebody um, because you like you, especially like when that addiction's got you in its grips, like I, for one, never wanted to have to put myself through hell to try and get better. Like it was, it's, it's almost like, you know, the people talk about depression and you get comfortable in your depression. You know, it's like they don't really want the help and they're not reaching out because they're just used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like getting outside of yourself and taking that extra step is extremely, extremely difficult. So I don't know, I guess, you know, my advice to anyone who's like currently struggling or in the grips of addiction is you're not alone. Um, there's a lot, a lot of people in this world that struggle with addiction. Um, and it's, it's like I said earlier, it's, it's a fatal uh, progressive disease. It does not go into remission. You don't find a magic concoction uh, of substances that keeps it at bay. Um, despite what you hear on the street, I heard, I heard so many people tell me about, Oh, I just take a Suboxone, which is a, uh, a heroin withdrawal drug. And I smoke some weed and I've been doing that for years and it's working out great. Meanwhile, they smell like a fucking hippie and their car doesn't fucking run. You know, it's like your, your life's not, you, your life isn't going the way I don't know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be the person to tell anyone how their life should go, but it's just, you know, a lot of people try to take those kinds of routes and, Maybe for yeah. some people it works. I've never seen it work successfully. Um, so it's, I'd say the first step is like one admitting you have a problem and like, you know, go through the whole 12 steps here, but we're mm-hmm. not going to like for, for me, like it really comes down to like admitting you got a problem and that you can't do it alone. And here's the great news. Like you don't have to do it alone. Um, and if you lack the money to get the help, like there are state county funding to help you and like the people if you call a rehab center and say i want help but i don't have the money to do it they will find you the money i kid you not they will do it i've gotten into many rehabs with zero money at all don't be fooled you don't have to go to a thirty thousand dollar rehab i tried that too my parents took out a second mortgage on their houses to take me to one it didn't fucking help um so just getting separated like putting an intervention you know not like in the sense of having your friends come over and read sad letters about how they miss you and stuff, but like an actual physical barrier between you and what you actually want, which is another drink or another drug. is the most important because without that barrier uh, and sometimes that barrier for me was the cops. I got, I did get arrested once um, and I got forcibly removed from getting my next one. Um, So don't, don't go that route, Um, but getting that barrier in place and then, um, telling somebody, telling somebody, anybody, anybody you trust that can help guide you because it is a scary, scary process. I remember being terrified while my mom's on the I'm phone sure. with the rehab trying to figure out what to do. She's never dealt with anything. She's not prepared for this. I'm not prepared for it. Um, and, and like, you know, go to an AA meeting, go to an NA meeting, go to any kind of 12 step meeting and just be honest. Like that was the single most important thing missing in my life was the honesty and just like honesty about what I was doing and how bad I was hurting. And I I think you said it right there. Like, it sounds like you told your mom, right? Like more often than my mom found out 
<laughs> because I would show up to family functions high. But I mean, yeah, there was there was times in my recovery where like but, I but she didn't look at you differently, right? No, she, she just said, wanted the best for me. Right. And, and it's tough because like in those situations, I felt like she was the enemy. She's the one exactly. that's, keeping that's me from what I was feeling at. better. Like you, were, you, were, you were afraid to tell her because you thought you she would just come down on you, basically, right? Yeah, and I didn't, you know, I was in my 20s. Like, I didn't want to have to revert back to being a teenager living with my parents and stuff like that. And um, But, like, honestly, I drug it on for, tw- for 10 years, just, like, really fucking struggling. I couldn't make anything of my life. Couldn't get any steam rolling because I constantly fall back and and relapse. Um, so uh, yeah, honestly, like reaching out to anybody and, and like we had, I have one of our old high school friends just the other two weeks ago, reached out to me on Facebook and sent me a message and say, Hey, I think I got a problem with alcohol. And I gave all the information that I could and gave her my experience and, um, the places she can go. Um, yeah, the places you can go. I said try an A meeting. They're on Zoom right now, but some are in person. Like, just see if it's for you. And just, you know, they, they say a lot in AA, like, don't leave until the miracle happens. Keep coming back. Um, because honestly, like, um, that's the only thing that's worked for me. And I'm not here to preach 12 steps, I'm not here to preach AA. I'm just giving you my direct experience um, and what's worked for me that I've, I've legitimately, I ran out of chess moves on the board uh, and. Going to a twelve-step self-help program was the last move I was willing to wait to make, and it was the only move that worked. Um, That's amazing that someone would reach out to you, and now you're kind of being a mentor of sorts. That's um, that's the one of the things is like uh, the most amazing thing about recovery is like helping give it away to other people because when you've walked through the mud and crawled through the, you know, the fields of despair, like, uh, you know what it's like. And so when you see somebody else like there, it you can't help but not have those mirror neurons triggered in your head where you're just like, ah, oh, fuck, that takes me back. And you know what? It helps keep me sober. Um, it's kind of in a selfish way, helping other people, helping yourself stay sober. Um, and so like legitimately everybody in AA kind of follows that or uh, pr- principle and anyone usually involved in drug uh, rehabilitation, you know, they're there because they want to help people. And um, as scary as it is, like, get on the phone, call somebody, reach out to someone in social media and just say, hey, can you talk to me? Um, doesn't I don't care if you call me or message me on Facebook and say, I'm drunk, I need to talk to you, uh, you know, whatever. Because um, I honestly, I wish that was something I did a long fucking time ago. Yeah. Well, speaking of walking through the mud and the muck, or some could say, the ash let's talk about the phoenix's rise from the ash jack <laughs> let's talk about your internship and how the hell that came about and where it was at so i was living in a long-term rehab in print and print outside of princeton new jersey um because short-term ones just weren't working out for me and i was in like a six-month deal um where i could stay there and um you know go to daytime therapy basically it sounds awful but it really it's a lot of fun you get to meet a lot of people just like you which is cool um and i while i was there i was like you know what fuck it i'm gonna get start getting my life back on track um i had a couple months of sobriety under my belt and i was like maybe i'll just go back to school you know like i have a car i can use it i can go to school while i'm at this program and um so i started going i went back to uh, mercer county community college and 
Um, I started taking uh, just a few classes um, in this semester, like a few classes a semester. Um, I fell in love with calculus. Uh, I, I was always decent at math, but I hated it. Mm-hmm. And um, I really, I had this Calc 2 professor who was disabled and he had to use walkers on his hands because his, his like legs and hips were crippled. And he would go up and down this chalkboard, scribbling high and low, writing everything out. Just dude was absolutely determined. And it inspired the shit out of me. And I was like, you know, I'm tired of like using every excuse in the book to not try and make something of myself or to like to be better. And I I really looked to this guy um, and looked up to him for, you know, he didn't, he could have been on a roller chair that just kind of like wrote on the bottom of the board or, or used a PowerPoint to try, you know, he liked the chalk and the board and he went up there and he put that chalk to the board and he wrote everything (laughs) out. And I just loved it. And so I'm in this long-term rehab and I'm seeing this awesome Calc 2 professor inspire me. Um, I aced the class. Um, I only missed seven points through the whole semester. I just really worked my ass off at it. And it was like the first thing I, I succeeded in a very long time. I, I couldn't succeed in sobriety. I couldn't succeed in the job. Um, everything would just fall apart within my hands. And uh, I started to get the steam rolling a little bit. And I eventually I uh, got out of long-term rehab program. I moved into an Oxford house, which is kind of just like, you know, you're kind of living on your own, but you're with other dudes in recovery. Um, and I think I was on probation at that time too. So I'd have to drive down into Trenton, New Jersey, downtown and go take a drug test every week. And um, it sounded like hell, but you know what? It was better than the alternative. And um, I was going to AA meetings in Princeton and I'm, would see this girl in meetings and once again, I have a weak spot for women. <laughs> um, she, she was wearing a Princeton hoodie and I heard her talking outside of a meeting about some of the cool stuff they were doing about crystallography. And she was a grad student at Princeton. And I learned that um, through her telling her story that she was a high school dropout. She was in her first rehab at 11 years old, 11. Can you imagine being in rehab at 11? Maybe it was 12, but she had, uh, she was had like seven years of sobriety at that time. She was a high school dropout, and now she's a grad student at Princeton. And that blew my mind because I like I thought my life was finished. There was yeah, nothing I was really ever going to accomplish. And um, she um, was living with her mother and her son in a really tiny apartment. And we started seeing each other. And I just I kind of got the inspiration bug. And she told me that she graduated from Cornell. And you know, can you imagine like graduating from Cornell, going to Princeton for, as a grad student? And so to me, that just opened up a lot of doors because I thought most of my life had closed windows and doors and there's nothing else I could do other than just kind of exist. Um, And she told me about this program she went through called, um, uh, it's called SRCCS. It was like Summer Research Program for Community College Students or something like that. And at Cornell. And um, I was like, you know, sure, I'll, I'll take a stab at getting this uh, internship. And I had some good grades. And um, that professor I told you about, he wrote me um, this letter of recommendation that legit made me break down in tears. Um, I worked at Kohl's at the time. And one of the guys across the uh, our classroom and, and one of the other classes was taking physics. And like, I have a physics and computer science background. And so um, I would help him out with problems before class. And we would work at Kohl's in the morning and then we'd go to class and I'd see him there and I'd, he'd, I'd help him solve problems on the board. My professor would come in and see this. And like, I didn't know that anyone was even paying attention to me. I just did it because I felt like it was the right thing to do. And he was asking me questions and asking for help. And he wrote this letter of recommendation 
uh, like highlighting some of that stuff that I didn't think anyone was paying attention to. And I legit was just in tears and um, he wasn't, he wasn't supposed to submit it to me. He was supposed to submit it to the college, but anyway, but I, I'm really happy I got to read it cause I had no mm-hmm. idea. Um, and they must've really liked it. And so I was one of four people in the nation to get into this internship and I got to go study. Um, I got to go help out grad students mostly and help study the uh, cosmic microwave background radiation, which is the background uh, radiation and light left over from the Big Bang. Uh, it's going to get nerdy now. 13.7 <laughs> billion years ago, baby. Like the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Cosmic rays. That's right. Give you a big dick, I hear. That's amazing. <laughs> well, we'll see. Can't go show up uh, talking about dicks. Come on. <laughs> um, so... You did that. Mm-hmm. What What do you do now? Tell them what your job is now. You told me on Facebook Messenger, and I got about two words of what you Before said. Your eyes to me. glazed over. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as glamorous as it sounds, but it is a cool job. Um, so right now I work at a company called Mitogen. Um, we make uh, tools for crystallography. So we basically make the tools that the scientists use that uh, study the molecular structure of biomolecules. So um, my girlfriend, Riel, she's actually, so she, her lab moved to Cornell the same time I got this internship. So it was actually kind of amazing uh, uh, kind of sense of fate, the things, the way they happen. And um, they use the tools that our company makes, which is really cool. Um, And so we basically make some tiny things, sometimes big things uh, that they use to, uh, you don't need to dumb it down that much for all right, all right. In this audience. We make this. <laughs> we make small things. We make, <laughs> we make big things. things. Mommy's baby, may the rubber hose. Uh, uh, so yeah, we make we make, we make shrimp gumbo, <laughs> shrimp burgers. Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, we make an X-ray transparent material. Um, scientists use to shoot x-rays at crystals of proteins and they can determine the shape and uh, function of a protein um, by examining the interference pattern that happens by it. So everyone knows about like the famous like Crick and Watson DNA, like x-ray diffraction thing. You know how they look at the diffraction pattern and they mm-hmm. say, oh, the DNA structure has been solved. It's a double helix. Of it's course, kind of along yes. the same line. Yeah, I mean, everybody, everybody, everybody knows that. Everybody, everybody knows Crick There was actually a woman behind it. God, I can't, I can't believe I can't remember her name. Uh, but she was actually the, the brains of the whole operation and she doesn't get enough credit. Um, just another example of uh, women not getting credit in science. But um, So... They basically shoot x-rays at things using a particle accelerator um, that they have underneath the football field at Cornell. And um, they try to solve the crystal structure. They try to solve the structure of proteins. Um, and the protein structure determines their function. And so if we better understand the function of proteins, um, they can better understand how to make drugs or therapies to uh, fix, you know, misfolded proteins um, and, you know, different kind of therapeutical treatments, stuff like that. And so we make all the tools that allow that to happen. And so I get to go into a clean room in the, at the Cornell nanoscale facility every once in a while, uh, every couple of weeks. And I get to put on a full uh, dust bunny suit, uh, head to toe. The only thing you can see is my eyes. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I get to work with some really dangerous stuff. I get to work with uh, hydrofluoric acid, which is hydrochloric's bigger, uglier brother. Um, this mm-hmm. shit will literally... Uh, Stop your heart and replace the calcium in your bones if you get it on you. 
Um, extremely, extremely <laughs> dangerous shit. Uh, I didn't know it was even a that thing. Like, it oh. eats glass. It eats glass. You can't even store it in glass. It fucking dissolves glass. It's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, yeah, I've got, I've just by like staying sober and, um, trying to do the next right thing and not biting off too much more than I can chew. Cause I, a lot of times I would get too, uh, too, too far into things and I'd get overwhelmed mm-hmm. and, I get anxious and that stuff comes out in other ways um, and I would start self-destructing. And so I just took it a little slow at a time and uh, I found this job on Indeed and uh, it turned out to be a really awesome place to work and I had to do some real cool science stuff. So yeah, that's, uh, that's how I ended up. And I got, you know, I live with a wonderful girlfriend. She's got 10 years now. Um, and she's got an 11 year old who is uh is quite a character and uh yeah i don't know like like it they say that like you know you get sober and stay sober you live a life beyond your wildest dreams and i always thought that was such bullshit um but like legitimately i never could have dreamed up of a life like this (laughs) that's amazing i don't know like relatively like moderately happy and like i can go through a day where like the thought of drinking and getting high doesn't go through my head like which is amazing considering like what i went through for 10 years um, absolutely living i've lived in my car you know i've uh just done unspeakable things uh and and stolen lots and lots of things from people i love and ruined great relationships um but a lot of the credit goes to the people in my life and the relationships that i've had um with people who didn't give up on me um and friends you know sitting right here that i could invite me to come on a podcast like <laughs> that's awesome uh, you know i know we don't was, get to talk much but i was just gonna say i've known you now for probably what almost 20 years um i know the halo 2 obsessed jack i know the fun loving jack the life of the party the biggest fucking i mean you just heard him for the last 10 minutes he's the biggest fucking dork <laughs> you will ever meet in your life it's true. uh it's true. to hear your story and everything you overcame and just to hear the level of excitement in your voice when you were explaining what you're doing now and how genuinely like happy and excited you are I think is amazing. Um, I'm very proud of you. And um, I thank you for coming on here and um, sharing your story with us. Thanks. And I hope someone out there listens to it, takes something from it and goes and seeks um, the help that they need. So please do. Speaking of heroin, we're going to talk about Taco Bell now. <laughs> I was wondering as many lives as heroin. Oh my god! I was wondering. I was wondering what the segue was going to be here. <laughs> I didn't segue out of that, but he managed to do it. That's perfect. I, I would expect no less. Before we get into the food talk, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and then we will be right back with Taco Bell. Hey, Scott, have you heard about CrossTheStreamsMedia.com? No, I haven't. Why don't you tell me all about it? Well, you can listen to all your favorite episodes of Burn Appetit, and you can leave us a review. But do you know what's even more exciting than that, Skang? What? It's the voicemail feature. There's a little mic at the bottom right-hand corner of the web page. You just click on it. And you can submit us a voicemail. 
<clears throat> saying whatever you want. You can tell us how much you love the show. You can say your favorite fast food item from a restaurant that you love that we did not review. Uh, pretty much anything you want. Can I so, tell you how big Captain America's dick is? You can. We may not put that on the show like we would the, the food talk ones. But you oh, certainly okay. can let me know how big Captain America's dick is. And I'll tell you if you're right or wrong because I've seen it. While you're at CrossTheStreamsMedia.com, you can check out some of the sister shows on the network. Like Three Beers and a Mic or Three Beers and an MCU, where we discuss in detail Captain America's dick on every episode. Uh, there's also the Movie Gap, uh, Dan Aykroyd podcast, Front Row Negatives, Secondary Heroes. There's about eight shows on there now. Uh, something for everyone. So go check that out at CrossTheStreamsMedia.com. Wow. That was what great. A- that was great. What a, what a great copy that was. <laughs> All right, let's get into some food talk. Food. Mike, what is your eating habits when it comes to fast food slash chain restaurants slash fast casual? Oh, um, boy. Do you find yourself eating there a lot? Um, like for I'd work say lunches? At, or? at least twice a week. Um, what are your go to places? Well, my go to places, just because they're close and I'm lazy. Um, it's usually on lunch. Everyone's go-to reason pretty much (laughs) and they're lazy. Uh, so for dinners, it's frozen pizzas. That's like my go-to frozen pizzas and a bag salad. Uh, can't go wrong. Which frozen pizza? Because Uh, I did an extensive ranking over the summer of frozen (laughs) pizza. I saw that. I was very impressive. Um, I I fancy that it's Giorno Supreme stuffed crust, but I also have a secret admirer, which is the Red Baron pepperoni thin crust. Yes. Okay. My man, those were uh, I think two of my top three. So pretty yeah, good. Uh, but yeah, for so if my fast food choices are usually limited to something close, which is Mickey D's or Subway. Ooh, Subway! So nothing, nothing great. Still support Subway after Jared, huh? That's a little. Frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tie uh, me in with that asshole. Hey, you're the one who you're the one who still goes there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's talk about Taco Bell. We will go around the horn and we will talk about each item that we picked and our thoughts and experiences with that. Um, Taco Bell is only made of five ingredients, so this should be. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed that while eating everyone's items. Yeah. Uh, After you're done talking about the food item, (laughs) the rules are you have to give it a chef's kiss, a kumsi kumsa, or a chef's diss. And our guest, Mike, actually picked the chef's diss sound for the week. Mike, would you like to demonstrate our chef's diss? It is Toad getting hit by a red turtle shell in Mario Kart. Ah, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> okay, so if you have an item that you did not like, you have to give the Toad hit by a shell. And then when you come across your bite of the night, if you have a bite of the night, because Dwayne is stingy, um, say... This was my bite of the night. And then we have little confetti and all that stuff. So, um, Jack, oh, you I are... I forgot the confetti. <laughs> I'm, I'm out of here. You guys are unprofessional as fuck. Unbelievable. Jack, we will start with you. What was your item from Taco Bell? So uh, the item I chose was the fabled Crunchwrap Supreme. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on the Crunchwrap Supreme? Have you had it before? 
Oh yeah, dude. I fucking love it. Yeah. It is by far my favorite Taco Bell item. Uh, but I gotta admit, you guys gave me uh, a run for my money when it came mm. to favorite items. Mm. No spoilers. Uh, none, none at all. <laughs> so are you talk about it? What, what do you like about the why the Crunchwrap Supreme? The 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 contrasting textures is what makes mm-hmm. it. And the tostada uh, in the middle gets you. Oh, it's, it's just so it, like I don't like sour cream by itself. I don't like tomatoes by themselves. And fuck lettuce, you know. Um, you like pound of each. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, throw them all together in between a flour tortilla and some crunchy goodness, uh, and it's just fucking delicious. Like I don't know what Taco Bell does uh, with these things that makes them so good. Uh, I don't know. It, it's it's just it's everything I want in my mouth, and. <laughs> Not everything, okay. aside from Captain America's. Uh, that might be the show title. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, go ahead and uh, are you giving it a, a chef's kiss? Chef's kiss. Ooh. Oh, give some tongue to that, too. Ooh. No bite of the night, uh, though, right? Uh, no. Actually, it's not my Ooh, bite of the night. You'll be okay. pleasantly surprised. One person. Oh, that's be. good. You're good. I, I love when people come on here and they discover something. That they may not have tried before, and it turns into their bite of the night. That's always awesome to see. Um, Skay, yeah, me too. <laughs> Skay, what are your <laughs> thoughts on the Crunchwrap Supreme? Uh, so Crunchwrap Supreme was going to be my pick originally, but uh, of course the guest takes precedence. So, um, but it was good. Also, you know, not quite my bite of the night, but it was very good. It's I like the supreme part of it: tomatoes, lettuce, sour cream, cheese. You know, it's it's tasty. So, chef's kiss Threaded for me as well. Nacho, I believe, don't they? I think so. Yeah, I think there's some some nacho sauce or queso or whatever it is. Um, but chef's kiss for me, it was good. Not my bite of the night, but <laughs> very good nonetheless. Whatever, man. Dwayne. This was uh, first time having this. Ooh. Uh, says. I liked it. I would have done no tomato, though. They, they didn't really add anything to it other than tomato. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's no actual flavor. It's just like. There, there is no tomato. flavor in their tomato. <laughs> Look out, William Shakespeare. We have a new poet. <laughs> <laughs> But overall, in I, I probably would want a little more beef in there, just because there's so much shells in tortilla. Mm-hmm. A little more more beef in there would have been nice, but uh, it's still a chef's kiss for me. I'd probably have it again. Pyramid. Three out of four by the night. Get those carbs. Ooh, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I love the Crunchwrap Supremes. They're is a I think it's a ghost kitchen here in Columbus um, through like DoorDash, Grubhub, whatever um, that the entire restaurant is just Crunchwrap Supremes like ripped off but with different ingredients, chicken, steak, whatever haven't ordered it yet but uh, that's how impactful this is from Taco Bell is like there's concepts now that are just this item, Um, obviously probably made better it takes the five ingredients and it mixes them in a way that's just so unique and different. And it's in a handheld like pocket. 
which is like the best part. It's, it's like on the go. It's like this giant thing that's just like you can just eat on the go and not worry about it spilling all over. You eat like a normal taco there and it's like all down your lap. This is just compact in this nice little like package. Um, it's crunchy. It's creamy. It's cheesy. And then you get down to that last bite where all the pound of sour cream and cheese and it's just all <laughs> all mushed into one little last bite with the little remaining tortilla you get that goodness of all just those sauces and stuff oh, chef's kiss baby it's a legend right, i love would you, it would you say it's crunchy wheezy no <laughs> uh by the way that last bite do not do that with the bean burrito because that's where all the onions get pushed, and then the last bite is just a chunk of onion, basically. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> sounds delicious. I like onions. Dwayne. I like them too, but not like that. Dwayne, you're up next. Your item, which is basically a sideways. <laughs> 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 what did you. What did with you some get? extra sauce. Yeah. It, it did. <laughs> there were some differences. The cheesy gordita crunch. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, it's got the soft shell, some cheese, the hard shell, the lettuce, cheese, tomato. No, no, there's no tomato, sorry. But there is a, it's like a chipotle sauce or something in there. I don't know what it is. But that's, sure. I think that's what, that's why I like it, honestly. Because, like you said, <laughs> they all have these same five ingredients. Mm-hmm. There's just one difference between all of them. <laughs> Which, yeah. uh, for this, this came out, I remember this coming out and I tried it. And I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like, And it's just a sauce because it's just a taco with extra sauce on it. Mm-hmm. And from that time on, I always get it at Taco Bell. So, obviously, a chef's kiss for me. Oh, okay. Nothing but chef's kisses. Uh, pretty good showing so far, <laughs> Mr. Jack. Taco Bell, looking for a new sponsor. Uh, <laughs> I will go next. Um, the Cheesy Gordita Crunch is iconic. I mean, it's probably... <laughs> <laughs> it's probably... If you if you go on to Reddit under Living Moss, because we don't fuck around with um, the sub Taco Bell, we go to Living Moss, baby. Um <laughs> I would say 95% of the people you pull them, what's your favorite item? They're going cheesy gordita crunch. Pro well, level tip is to change out the soft taco and put in a Doritos taco inside for that hard shell. If you want to up your Taco Bell game, um, it's the sauce is perfect. The crunch is great. It's layered. It's complex. It's unique. It's an icon, baby. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Mike, what are your thoughts on the CGC, as us in the know like to call it? <laughs> I need to fucking level up my game, dude. I'm just not on the same Taco Bell level as you. Bernie, you are like the Rami of Taco Bell. It's amazing. <laughs> Thanks. It, um, I've never gotten it before. And what? What? Yeah, never gotten it before. I'm like, as much as I love Taco Bell... Like I'm one of those people that like they get something they like and they stick to it and they will yeah, fucking die thing. on that hill. I will die yeah. on that fucking crunch wrap hill. That's how Dwayne feels about literally everything in his life. 
<laughs> I I've lived the life of so many crazy experiences that once I just find something nice and mellow, I'm just like I'm gonna stay here, baby. Like I don't want to, you know, I don't want to relapse over a taco. Uh, but it was um, I was I was surprised because I looked at it and I was like, oh my god, this is just a crunch wrap. <laughs> um, I started eating it and I started to get to that sauce and I was like, oh, I don't know what the sauce is, but it's fucking delicious. And I had I had the lady take a bite and I was like, does this taste different to you? And she's like, yeah. And so I don't want to get into it just yet, but there's something I've noticed about Taco Bell consistency as far as tastes. Um, but it, it had it had a hint of smoky taste to it. And I, I, I don't get it every time I get Taco Bell, but every once in a while it pops up and we can talk about that later. The mystery uh, flavor. Yeah, this had some like that truce. Like they just put that baby on a spinner and smoked it. And uh, it was delicious. It was really good. I was the, pleasantly surprised. The... The beef they cooked in the bag before they shipped it off, they left on the grill a little too long in the main kitchen. You know what? And I would they give that guy it. a fucking raise. Uh, or somebody just knocked over the smoke flavor into like the beef fryer or something. Uh, whatever. Whoever did it, good job. Um, yeah, pleasantly surprised. Chef Kiss. Absolutely. Man, undefeated so far. Skay. I mean, what more could I say? It was awesome. <laughs> this was also first for me. I haven't eaten Taco Bell in so long. I can't believe it's, you guys haven't had this. It's on the other end of town, and I don't drive over there to eat. Like it's it's just in a bad location for me. But this was fucking delicious. It was really good. I ate it in the car on my first visit to Taco Bell for this show. Um, it was dynamite. This is Chef's Kiss for me. And if I had to pick one of the four here, this is my bite of the night for sure. I was, Ooh, bite I was of the like night. shocked. I was shocked. It's very good. Next time, Skay, awesome. sub the regular soft shell with the Doritos Locos Taco in there. It will blow your fucking mind. What about the ranch one? Did they do the ranch one anymore? No, I don't think they I have like the ranch better. I always did the spicy nacho shell, but they don't do they don't have that anymore. So I just put the regular one in. So um, normally I would have Skay go next, but he has like a dessert item, so I will go next. Uh, Taco Bell decided to take away all the best things on their menu, um, in order to lower drive-through times it's a move that a ceo makes because it's a metric that they look at and not consider the customers what they like so they took away the quesarito off the menu and they took away potatoes for some god knows reason um <laughs> they recently brought potatoes back and like oh we're heroes we brought potatoes back now fuck you talk about um but you can still get the quesarito, but you have to order it online, which is super annoying. But that's what I made these assholes do. I made them order the quesarito online because it's my favorite. I had them sub potatoes inside of it because at Taco Bell, true G's sub potatoes and everything. That's how that's how you're supposed to do it. It's the best. Um, it's a, I, I fucking love the quesarito so much. It's so good. Everyone's it's just like, shaking their heads like, who the fuck is this guy? It's like so soft. <laughs> like the cheese makes the, the shell like soft where like you can like baby gum it and still eat it. 
I don't know. I just it's just like so like cheesy and gooey and the shitty beef. Ugh. I love it. And the potatoes, just give it that extra little like because they're they're kind of like spicy potatoes, so they give it a little little teeny tiny kick. Uh chef's kiss for me. Not my bite of the night. Oh. Oh wow. Oh wow. Sky, go ahead. Um this was good. I was annoyed that I had to order it through the app mm-hmm. and substitute potatoes. Mm-hmm. That was very annoying that I was forced to do that. But now imagine being my wife who has to say it at the <laughs> drive-through speaker <laughs> after she asked me what I want, and I have a whole list of customizations. Oh my god! You are a nightmare. You are a drive-through nightmare for someone uh, like me. I don't uh, make any substitutions. Yeah. No special requests. Just no, 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 no. Just tell me what you want. We'll get it. No special requests. I'm not telling them nothing. Get it the fucking way it angry. comes. And if you don't like it, fucking pick it off of there. God damn it. God That's damn how right. it's supposed to be. God damn right. But regardless, this was good. The potatoes do give it a little bit of kick to it, which helps because it's a lot of cheese and like gooeyness. Um, I will also, I'll give this a chef's kiss. I already gave my bite of the night. So I, I have one question before we go on. What's your guy's sauce at Taco Bell? What sauce do you get with the shit? We got to get into that. <laughs> I mean, I think we do it now before we get to dessert, right? I like Probably the chipotle and the there's like a jalapeno ranch that's really good too. Or are you talking like sauce? Well, I'm talking like Diablo, mild, hot, yeah. fire, or the Diablo that I didn't know existed Diablo. until recently. Diablo. I'm I am a no sauce guy. I don't no fuck with condiments. I, I I feel like the way something is given to me, as far as food, like if. If I were to slather it in something or dip it in something, I'm uh, I'm I'm disrespecting the chef. Hmm. The Taco Bell chefs, I'm disrespecting. No one is the Plain Jane for me, baby. I'm similar except for the taco, like the actual tacos. I use hot sauce. Just the hot, it, the hot. It's not, and it's not hot. It's not spicy at all, but it. I just like flavor. Yeah, yeah. I see. I jumped up to fire this time. I usually went with hot before, but the hot wasn't enough. I went to fire. Fire was outstanding. They did slide in one packet of Diablo sauce on me, mm-hmm. and I tried that, and I did. It was like a little smokier, like kind of very flavorful, but it, mm-hmm. it was like just a little too hot for me. I didn't. It was too much. It burnt Coward. my tongue. So I didn't care for that part. But fire, very good. Diablo. Well, good thing I had the quesarito yeah. for you. That way you can baby gum it because you're a big baby. <laughs> Dwayne just goes hot. I mean, come on. I said fire. I Damn expect it. that from Dwayne. I'll have heartburn for three weeks. <laughs> Dude, I had indigestion for a week after eating all this food. What are you talking about? But I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, quesarito was good. Uh, chef's kiss. Mr. Jack. So I laid out everything on the table and I said, I, I also got some things for Riel because she was hungry and I laid them all out and I said, which one do you think is Bernie's? She looked around and she pointed at the one shaped like a giant dick. She was correct. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, this thing was a little bit bigger than I expected. I've never had the quesarito. Um, I, to be honest, cause I ate it like five hours ago. Yeah. 
I, I don't really remember what was in it. I just remember it being pretty good. Um, it was a lot of cheese. I remember opening it up and there was cheese all over the bottom of it. And I was like, oh, this looks messy. This is right at Bernie's alley. Um, and the, I do remember the potatoes. Like to me, they didn't taste super flavorful. They just felt like they just had a lot of pepper on them. Like they're just peppered potatoes. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. Um, but it was good. It wasn't, so I don't want to pigeonhole myself here with a bunch of good ratings. So, you know what? No disrespect, Bernie, but I'm going to go kumsi kumsa. Yeah. It was, it was good. I, I, I hold enjoyed though. it. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't memorable. I hold Five no hours, I already forgot what was in it. <laughs> if you want to have poor taste, you can have poor taste, and I won't, I won't judge you on that. Better fucking not, man. Dwayne? I'm on the same boat. Uh, never had it before, and I think I think adding the pit- potatoes hurt it because like it was this all is, potato. I take back all everything. Potato. I <laughs> all potato, yeah, no like, meat? Like all no potato. meat, all potato, like, no meat. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Where's the meat?" I'll go back to the you know. I'll show my age, but where's the beef? Like there was nothing in there. It was all potato. It's at Arby's. And not only that, you made me fucking order it on the app. (laughs) I go to pick it up. I still had to fucking wait. I'm like, I ordered this 10 minutes ago. It only takes you two minutes to make it. (laughs) You don't start making it till you get there, dumbass, so it's warm. Yeah. No, you have to tell them you're there before they start making it. Not on my app. They had it. I I waited for about two minutes, and they were finishing it up when I walked in. No, they pulled it mm. out of a cabinet, like like this hot cabinet thing. It was already made. But uh, I always have to click like I'm there. Mm. They're like, oh, we'll get with you in a minute. I'm like, okay. I just walked in. I said, hey, uh, I'm Mike. I ordered online <laughs> like an idiot because my friend's doing a stunt podcast and told me to put potatoes in my case. What do you mean like an idiot? <laughs> And they said, oh, Bern Appetit, because they know who it is, because it's Taco Bell, and Bernie's like a <laughs> VIP there. Taco Bell did this promotion during the Super Bowl, I think it was like three years ago, where they said, we have an item coming out, but we're not going to say what it is, but you can pre-order it. You can pre-order up to five, quantity of five on it. No inclination as to what it is or anything. It's just, we have this new item, pre-order it now. You bet your ass I pre-ordered five of them, <laughs> and they were the quesalupa, where they take the chalupa with the cheese inside of it. They actually, I think they have them right now. That's the limited time thing, where it was last month, where they, you know, they ripped the chalupa and the cheese strings out yeah. of there. That's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> that was the And how did eating story. five of them treat you? How story. did that story uh, measure up with Mike's story from earlier? So I'm with Breaking Mike. shoes. Mike, <laughs> I'm going with Mike. I'm going Kumsi Kumsa. Probably wouldn't okay. order it again. Skay, bring us home, baby. Uh, I went with the oddball, like I tend to do on occasion. Um, I went with the Cinnabon Bites. For dessert, um, I was going to pick Cinnabon delights. Delights, rather. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Delights. Um, I had Shit. joked in uh, kind of setting up this podcast that I was going to get the cinnamon flavored air twist that they have. <laughs> oh, those I are hate awful. those so the, much. The those packing are so peanuts. Bad. 
just to piss everybody off. But I went with the better looking dessert. And I got to say, I was delighted with the Cinnabon <laughs> delights. Um, they were really good. I I feel like they could have used like a dipping sauce of some sort, like some kind of mm-hmm. either like, like a icing. icing type of thing or like a maple like syrup type of thing. But they were good nonetheless. Um, I got the two pack the first time. And then the second time I went back, I got the 12 pack and I put the leftovers in the fridge and they were just as good, if not better cold. Um, really? they were, they were good. Even like the, the icing in the middle being yeah. like hard and stuff. It's, it didn't get hard. No, it's like cream cheese or whatever. It's just kind of a cream cheese filling. So it, it was, it was fucking good. It's like Should've semen consistency. A, uh, Kind they of, reminded uh, me. I'll, I'll actually, I'll save it. They reminded you of semen. Yes, <laughs> semen all through your mouth. Yes, yeah. that's one one of the stories you didn't get into earlier. I, you know, twenty dollars <laughs> is twenty dollars, my man. <laughs> uh, but chef's oh, kiss. Sorry. Chef's, chef's kiss. kiss. No, sorry, I didn't mean to cut kiss. you off there. They were also very good. Dwayne, again, never had them. Didn't even know they existed. Uh, got the two pack, just because I didn't know. I should have got the twelve pack. <laughs> 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 so I actually had one, and then I saved one. I was like, "Oh, my daughter Chloe." I was like, "She's she'll like this." She came home from school. She's like, "What's this?" I'm like, "Just try it." And she's like. Oh my God, I'm getting these every time we're going to Taco Bell. So, through the course of this, though, this was like three or four meals for me. Like, I didn't eat all this shit at once. <laughs> you just got just do it all at once. Just, just <laughs> be miserable for half a day. So, I went back to get uh, one of one of the things I had to get, and I was like, oh, I'll get those cinnamon things for Chloe again. I ordered them. They're like, uh, we don't have them. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have them? Oh, They're no. Like, uh, yeah, we're moving them to a breakfast item. Uh, you can only get them in the morning. I was like, I just ordered them like two days ago. <laughs> what? They are anything what? but a breakfast item. <laughs> and I was like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, sorry. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, I guess I will get those. That's terrible. But, but they were delicious. I'll give it a chef's kiss. And even, even with the new new the breaking chews that it's just for breakfast, you're still gonna give it a chef's kiss. And I'm giving it a bite of the night. Oh, oh shit. I don't like he comes in with the POTN. I knew I'd get him with the Cinnabon delight. <laughs> I knew it. Fuck yes. I didn't even know they existed. <laughs> I will go next. Um I don't like cream cheese. I actively avoid it. Um, the cream cheese icing inside of these weren't bad. Like there was so much sugar and like dough in the ball that it kind of masked the cream cheese icing bit of it. They were really good. I've had them before. (laughs) I got the two pack thinking like, all right, I don't need to be a complete fat ass today. This is something we got a burrito, a crunch wrap and a cheesy gordita crunch. I can, and I got the potato Rito too. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I don't need to, I don't need to go 12 pack on these. And then I saved them for last. I ate both of them. And I was like, 
Ah, fuck. I should have got the 12. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Seems to be a common thread here. But I didn't say la vie, as they say. Um, yeah, they are awesome. Uh, they're by far Taco Bell's best dessert item. Uh, they, I don't, I wouldn't eat them for breakfast. That seems stupid. Yeah. Um, I didn't hear that they were only going to breakfast, so I don't know if it was like a your location or what. Um, I'm giving it a chef's kiss. Not my bite of the night, though. There is I've, no bite of the night. I have a feeling because they're all bite of that eye. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling, Dwayne, that, that they're pulling the old uh, McDonald's tactics where it's like, oh, you want a milkshake or a McFlurry? The ice cream machine's down. Yeah. yeah. The Cinnabon they delight were, they were machine is down. Loop there. <clears throat> Hopefully. Right, or it it could be because they are do- they are doing the uh, test market, uh, what is it, the grilled cheese crunch thing. So maybe it's a test to see if it works better for breakfast here. Who knows? Yeah, both Houston and Columbus are test markets for Taco Bell. So different items too, not the same one. Go ahead, Michael. Well, I think Scott would be delighted to know that those Cinnabon delights were my bite of the night. Oh. Absolutely. I was pleasantly surprised. And I will go so far to say that these are probably the best dessert items outside of a McFlurry that I've ever had uh, from a fast food place. Uh, They were a huge hit in the household here. So yesterday I brought home 12. Uh, I ate 10 of them at work and saved two (laughs) the ladies. Um, And, you know, they're like these little... They legit, they're the kind of small and wrinkly, and they, they're the perfect size of like a, a testicle. <laughs> and you bite into them, and they have just like that oozing, dripping semen, just like a real <laughs> testicle. It was delightful. Um, reminded me of the good old days. Um, <laughs> yeah, they were they were really good. The, the cinnamon, the sugar, I, I had no idea what to expect of these things because I've had the cinnamon twists, and they're utter garbage. Um, so what, what you're saying is these are Captain America testicles? Is that Absolutely. What you're like these things have been fully juiced up and just like ready to explode. Uh, They're full of super serum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I feel super show. good. Coincidence? I think not. Um, yeah, and uh, they're just perfect bite sizes. Like you pop the whole thing in your mouth, or you know maybe you're feeling a little uh, little meekish and you just want to take a half a bite, and you get that. White goo all over your face, rubbing around, <laughs> and then I rubbed some on my nipples, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is so fucking good!" Um, yeah, and so today, when I went back down to finish out the rest of the menu, uh, I grabbed another twelve. Um, oh, oh, he doubled down. Yeah, I double dip. dip. Yeah, a little double dip in the old, the old white juice, uh, little baby batter. Um, they were that good. I was, uh, I was very surprised and. The lady loved them. She loves the white goo. Uh, <laughs> even the kid liked it. Um, you know. Easy. We already talked about Jared. Reeled in. <laughs> but this is, we're talking about the Cinnabon Delights, Bernie. Get your fucking head out of the gutter. Holy shit. This is a family show. Yeah. Come um, on. <laughs> yeah. Everybody liked the goo. And uh, I was very pleasantly surprised. Bite of the night. Chef's kiss. Uh, the the highlight of this wonderful, delightful 
healthy meal. That <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Guys. I even I, I I felt so good. I went and played an hour and a half of Beat Saber afterwards, and I haven't boy. farted once. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the uh, the intestinal blockage I have forming in me right now, but. Uh, <laughs> I might be going into septic shock, which is why I'm just happy and excited to be here. Who knows? Guys, we just made history. I think this is the first time we didn't have a single chef's diss. Not one chef's diss. No. I came up with the best that? chef diss sound effect. We're going to have to use <laughs> that on a later episode. We'll save that <laughs> one. Redo it. Uh, that only leaves two more things to do. First, we got to rank it. Out of ten, what do you give Taco Bell, Mike? Um, and what? I'm going to go nine point five. Um, Whoa! This is super high. Wow. But I want to talk about I real quick. I want to talk about. Has anyone noticed that the level of smoky flavor varies each time you get stuff there, especially in the cheese? Like if you get a cheesy bean and rice burrito, sometimes you take a bite and it tastes like like somebody like poured an entire bottle of smoke flavor in it. Well, it just depends on how much they pull the trigger on the cock gun. <laughs> oh, the cock gun. <laughs> Whatever they're doing. I don't know. Like it, it, it varies. I'm not a huge fan of the smoky flavor. It did work well in the cheesy gordita crunch. They had their levels worked out today. Um, but I don't, if anybody else out there in listening land has any idea what I'm talking about, please let these guys know that I'm not fucking crazy. Even though yeah, I am crazy, I'm not... Taco Bell crazy. Comment on the social media when we post this episode. Yeah, leave a so, voicemail. Leave a voicemail. Call into the you show. Taste the smoke. The line. The line is open and waiting for callers. Um, Hashtag smoke or nope. Smoke. <laughs> uh, so yeah, nine point five, uh, and I'm biased because the Ithaca location um, has probably top tier customer service. Every time I go there, they are super excited that I'm there and ordering, and uh, that's. In stark contrast to most fast food places you go, where they're just like, you know, how can I, how can I take your fucking order? You know, and these mm-hmm. guys are like, hey, thanks for coming to Taco Bell. Appreciate the business. How you doing? You know, they, they ask you. You know, I start telling them my story a little bit about who I am and you know where I came from, <laughs> and they sit now there you, and listen. Now, they're wonderful. Now you people. can just refer them to the podcast. So you exactly, know, yeah, I can so just skip the listeners. <laughs> Uh, yeah, nine and a half, because um, very rarely do they screw up an order, um, and I just I enjoyed everything that was on the menu tonight. It, it opened my eyes to some new items that I may consider, especially the Cinnabon Delights. No score. Uh, Dwayne? I'm going to go eight. Uh, pretty consistent place that I go to. If it's Tuesday and I don't want to make tacos, I'm going to Taco Bell. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's every couple of weeks I'm definitely there. So I'll go eight out of 10. Okay. That's okay. I am going to go with the classic Dwayne eight here. Just a <laughs> very solid eight. Um, I'm the opposite of Dwayne, though. I don't go to Taco Bell like ever. Um, but this, well, I have one that's like two minutes away. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, see, it's on the other end of town for me. I got to drive the whole way over there and like, God damn, but there's, it was really good. Everything was very you good. You act like you are like living in New York city and 
Well, it's <laughs> I'm not, but it's your crosstown is like fucking three miles. Asshole. There are what restaurants right in between me and home that are easy, like they're right there. If I'm lazy and don't want to drive 15 minutes to get Taco Bell, then I'll go to one of these other places. Um, but yeah, it was all real good. Um, I the second time I went, I only had to get the uh, what was it, the quesarito. But I also got the beefy potato Rito. And mm -hmm. just to compare it to like the bigger cousin, the quesarito thing. Mm -hmm. And I also got a chalupa with it. Um, Chalupa's fucking money. I should have picked chalupa. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's all real good. Uh, so yeah, eight. Very good. These are some strong, strong scores. Um, anyone who knows me knows that I am obsessed with taco bell um one of the things i love most about taco bell is their innovation they're never afraid to do something stupid <laughs> and unique like melting cheese on top of a quesarito and calling it like the grilled cheese quesarito or having a shell made out of doritos um they had fritos in their shit at some point yeah um that was until that CEO left to go work at Chipotle and this new guy was brought on and now he is slimming down the menu. He took away the quesarita, the Mexican pizza. He took away potatoes, took away a whole bunch of items to slim down the menu and make fucking drive through times shorter, a metric that no one gives a fuck about except for some dick in his office. <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to be immature about this because it angers me because they got rid of all innovation. Instead of having a limited time order, uh, limited time offer menu item every month, different item, they are now doing four times a year. So we have the same item for three months now instead of a new innovative item every month. Taco Bell, you're getting a one. What? Oh, what? 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 You're getting a one from Burn Appetit. I am feuding with you, Taco Bell. Biased, sir. Biased. Wow. And there goes our sponsorship. Way to go. I don't care. I will not sell out. God I wanted fucking it. crunch wraps, Bernie. Come on. You're I don't care. Come at me, Taco Bell. You just you didn't give any of the items a bad rating, but you're gonna give uh -huh. Taco Bell a one. Yep. I'm being mature. And I'm giving them you mature. <laughs> it wasn't a zero. <laughs> they broke my heart, Mike. Zero to one, right? They broke my heart. They they care about metrics for I can't wait for the uh, Twitter feud. Customers. Oh my. This is gonna be a great Twitter feud. <laughs> let me know. There's if you disagree with me, let me know. But it's gonna be a huge mess. I will argue this World point to the grave that they stabbed their most loyal fans in the back by doing this, by taking away the the items for the dumbest reason possible. But and you're like rating Taco Bell as a company. Like we're talking about the experience of eating Taco Bell here. All right. Yeah. Well, the overall experience you had. That's my experience. I I hate ate every one of those items. <laughs> <laughs> And had ordered a few extras that were just on the an show. angry fat dude after a breakup, sitting on the couch, angrily eating ice cream. I fucking hate Ben and Jerry's. 
It is what it is. It's it's kind of uh, appropriate uh, ending to how we started this program. So. <laughs> well, that just leaves oh. one little segment left, and that's a little thing called plugs. plugs. Mr. Jack, what would you like to plug? Um, sure. Um, so I have it. I just linked my PS5 to a Twitch account. Uh, I haven't streamed anything yet, but I'm I'm kind of thinking about it. And so if you give me a follow at uh, Twitch.tv/WolfmanJacko, uh, all one word. Um, you know, I, I if I'm on a stream, it's probably going to be like Destiny 2. Um, there is the Vault of Glass returning to Destiny, and uh, May 22nd we are going for Worlds first. Probably won't get it, but it'll be fun. Um, I do some uh, some other stuff. Uh, I play um, Super Metroid Link to the Past Combo Randomizer over on my buddy's Twitch channel, uh, twitch.tv slash pixelperfect. But the I and pixel is a one. Um, and it's pretty cool. They, they found a way to combine both Link to the Past and Super Metroid into one game. Um, and it's, uh, it's pretty neat. Some of these guys frequent over there uh, every now and again. Um, he's got a pretty good following and makes really good content, um, good quality stream stuff. Um, and then I just like to throw out um, anybody that's having, uh, you know, struggling with alcohol or addiction of any type, um, please don't hesitate to reach out um, and talk to me. Um, you can send me a message on Facebook. Um, my name's Mike Jack. Just look it up. Uh, it's a black and white picture of me and my sister looking goofy. Um, and just send just send me a message and just say, hey, why you're getting contact with me and what you're struggling with. And you know, I'll do my best to try and help um, because honestly, it was the people in my life that uh, was available to help that got me to where I'm at. Uh, and I'm not just another statistic because God knows uh, plenty of times I should be dead um, and I'm not. And, uh, yeah, keep listening to the podcast. Uh, Bernie and Skay are some of my two favorite dudes. Um, good-hearted guys and um, hardworking. And, Bernie, thanks for uh, putting on the podcast and the three beers and a mic, Dwayne. You guys do a great job. Um, it's a lot of well, fun. Thank you so it keeps, much. keeps me sane at work. Thank uh, you. I would like to plug, and if this isn't okay, we can edit it. So, Dwayne, write down this little timestamp. I would like to plug Mama Jack, who's running for Indiana County Register and Recorder in Indiana, Pennsylvania. If she can help turn around this man that you heard his story, imagine what she can do for Indiana County. It's true. She's the hardest fucking working lady I've ever met in my life. So I'm going to plug Mama Jack. You're the man, dude. I'm going to tell her about this. She's probably going to send you flowers. I kid you not. Hopefully the election happens Hopefully after she'll send, this send podcast is released. Uh, I think the election is May May's twenty something as well. We'll make sure we get this out ahead of time. We're gonna have to accelerate <laughs> the release schedule here, maybe. But uh, yeah, and then head over to crossthestreamsmedia.com where you can find a list of all our shows, three beers and a mic shows, all the list of all the social medias and whatnot. Um, if you're listening to this, you know where to find us. So, Skay, why don't you close us out? So, Taco Bell, at least three or four of us didn't hate you, right? So feel free to give the rest of us some free chalupas and stuff. This has been our review of Taco Bell, a Burn Appetit podcast on the Cross the Streams Media Network.
This has been a Cross the Streams Media Podcast.